Welcome to the Basketball Missionary Podcast. This is a podcast where we bridge high-level basketball and sports ministry. I wanted to have a podcast where we talk about these things from redemption and pain, the the life lessons we learn, how to make an impact, all those great things. So today's episode is why I started a basketball ministry and by extension, why I did a sports ministry, which is committed to the gospel. So let's take it back to when I first started doing skills development. I was actually in college. Um, I had worked as a garbage man one summer at college. And it was during that time that I learned a lot of valuable lessons, but I said, man, I don't want to do that again. And I was approached to start skills development. So I started doing that. And even with my time at college, I was working with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, just looking for opportunities where I could use basketball as a college basketball player to share my testimony, share the gospel. And that kind of led me into incorporating both skills development and training. And so after I graduated college, I went overseas. And uh, when I was preparing to go overseas, I prayed for uh, that I meet the right people. And I got connected with the right people because I, I didn't want to waste that opportunity. I knew how big of a deal it was to play professional basketball in other countries. And sure enough, I got connected to a missionary and a pastor when I was overseas in different countries. But I want to focus specifically on the Philippines when I played in the PBA. So while I was over there, I met a gentleman named Steve Siebert, and he had a ministry called the Salvation Teams. And what he basically did was he went into slums. He went into makeshift areas, gyms, they called squatter areas in third world countries. And he would run free basketball clinics. And sometimes we'd feed them, sometimes we'd clothe them, uh, we'd hand out Bibles. But this was just an amazing opportunity for me as a professional basketball player to partner with him and begin doing these ministry clinics. And that really sparked my desire, especially when I was going through a dark time overseas, that maybe this is the purpose why God allowed me to play professional basketball. So I started traveling with him. And at the same time, between my practices and games, I met Pastor Ghani. Pastor Ghani, I met at the uh, Department of Justice and Immigration when I was getting my paperwork together. And he's one of those guys where probably very few people will know him, but he will, he will be well-known in heaven, I'm convinced one day, because this guy probably the most fiery evangelist I'd ever met. Me and my agent was actually in the Department of Justice. And he was speaking in a Tagalog, a native language in the Philippines. I couldn't understand what he was saying, but I knew everything he was saying based on his expression. So right in the middle of the Department of Justice, he's sharing the gospel to my agent. And I know he's talking about Jesus. He's up against the wall, like, like this acting like he's on a cross and then like resurrecting from the dead, like in a hallway. And I just love this guy. He just had so much passion and so much uh, authenticity to what he was doing. And we, we became friends. So with Steve at Pasagani, we began to just do different things. He actually was the one that took me into the max security prison in the Philippines. I'll save that story for another podcast. But Steve took me like I said, in the slums, 
And this is the thing that really impacted me. It was two main things while I was in the Philippines. One, things were not going how I wanted them to go when I was playing overseas. I was going through a lot of drama, a lot of politics with my club team. And so what kept me sane was I took as much time as I could between practices and games to go with Steve into these very poor areas in the Philippines to do basketball clinics and share the gospel. And the one thing that sticks out to me now is these kids that were filthy dirty, had holes in their clothes, no shoes. They had so much more joy than I did. Here I was living the dream. I was living in the 50th floor of a hotel, playing professional basketball, traveling the world, getting paid to do it. And I was just like so unhappy at the time, just miserable. And, you know, I always say this, you know, what your nightmare is, is someone else's fantasy. And, and this couldn't have been more true in this case. And they just received everything I was saying as like truth because I was a pro basketball player. And so that really changed my focus of like, okay, this is the purpose of the game of basketball in your life. This is why God allowed you to go beyond college and play pro ball, is that you're gonna now use basketball as a platform to share the gospel. And I began to like find myself again, find my joy for the game that I had lost through all the drama I was going through playing overseas. I began to realized that this was so much bigger than the game and bigger than me and it kind of just like sparked that fire again that that energy uh to get up and and to have purpose with the game of basketball the next thing that happened was i actually read a article i can't remember where it was i want to say it was like in a christian magazine and the article was their concern with the decline and church attendance over the last decade. And they're coming up with all these different reasons. And one thing that immediately stuck out to me because I'm in the basketball world was, I, I know one of the major factors why churches, particularly in America, are declining in church attendance across all denominations. And that's because of youth sports. Youth sports has continued to climb. It doesn't matter if it's club volleyball, basketball, travel baseball, whatever it might be, when do these people play? They play on the weekends and they travel on the weekends. So you've got to think about how that changes the family dynamic. If a kid, third, fourth, fifth grade is when they start, if they commit to travel ball, then the parents commit to it. And grandparents want to come to watch. So Sunday is no longer sacred in America. That's youth sports day. They play on Saturday, Sunday. They travel on Friday. They travel back home on Sunday. So your traditional Sunday morning service, just a lot of people are not going to come. Now, my mindset has always been the reason why I stayed in the realm of basketball as, as a, a form of ministry is, you know, in Hebrews it talks about that the Lord went outside the camp to the people. And just as he's called us to be fisher of men, you know, my net that I use is a basketball net. So I thought this is a way for me to actually go to where people are. Basketball is a universal language. This is something we connect. And immediately I saw the gap between the decline in church attendance and the increase in participation in youth sports. And I thought a way to fill that gap is through Hoops for Christ, 
which is actually the ministry that I started doing when I was overseas, working with this ministry, uh, missionary. And um, I tell this story, and it's a true story about how I got the name Glucer Christ. I actually had a dream, you know, not to be mystical or anything, but I had a dream one night uh, when I first became a Christian at age 19 that I was in the third world uh, preaching. And I woke up, I wrote it down in a journal, I still got this journal. And I told my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, about this dream. And I laughed because I was like, well, um, I don't know why I had a dream, but I'm definitely not a preacher. Because like public speaking was a big fear of mine at the time. And fast forward, I'm in the Philippines. And with this missionary, I'm now at different churches. And I'm in different courts. And I'm different, different areas and slums standing up in front of people sharing my testimony so it was literally a fulfillment of that dream and during that time in the philippines where i'm like finding my passion and love for the game again by doing these ministry basketball clinics i had a dream that um i was in a gym and i saw a banner and the banner said oops for christ and i had played with the idea of different ministry names but that like boom that solidified it for me i'm gonna call it Hoops of Christ. And so that's really where it started was I wanted to combine sports and ministry with high-level basketball training. Uh, my club teams would bring in all these different pro trainers. And this is how I discovered the whole world of player development. They would bring in people from IMG, from Impact. Like guy Gannon Baker was over there training college and pro teams. And they would pay them to come in and just do these workouts with teams during preseason or in season. And I thought, man, that would be amazing if one day I could do that because I almost loved the aspect of training and research and development more than playing. Like that was my passion. I was always a gym rat in the jail working on my game. And I thought, how beautiful would that be if I could find a way to combine my faith with my passion for skills development? And that's kind of where who's for Christ came into play. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this basketball uh, ministry. So when I came back home from playing overseas, I took the same format I learned from Steve, where he would partner with the church and a pastor and then run free basketball clinics. So that was really my goal. Um, I started running free basketball clinics and, um, and local churches that had gyms. And that's really how who's for Christ got started. And I started building up clientele by doing the free basketball clinics. But there's really two big meetings that set the tone for why I took this path. One was with a business consultant and the other one was with another sports ministry. So the business consultant said, hey, man, I see a, I was training his son as well. I see a lot of potential in you. I think you could be, you know, a great skills trainer or even move up the ranks if you want to do college and pro, which is something I was entertaining. But he told me, you know, if you label everything who's surprised, that could be a conflict of interest because it may shut doors for you to work with other businesses or whatever it might be, MBA or something like that. So he actually advised me not to go the route of like making it a sports ministry or putting the word Christ inside of pretty much where I was going to name my training uh, program. So I thought about it for a while, prayed about it, 
And I was like, you know what, man, at the end of the day, everything good that ever came into my life, the whole reason I got, I quit basketball for two years and got a college scholarship, was an All-American, even got the opportunity to play basketball overseas. And then when I was at my lowest point, God sent me this missionary and this pastor. He, they reinvigorated my passion for the game. It was all pointed back to the Lord. And I thought this was what I, how I wanted to use the game. So uh, I just declined what he said. And I said, I'm going all in on who's surprised. Second meeting I had was with a big sports minister. And they actually run missions trips, sports mission trips into uh, the Caribbean, South America. And I was going in there wanting to partner. They actually had one of the missionaries was at one of my basketball camps with his son one time. And he, he said, man, I really want to introduce you to the founder of our ministry. So we set up this meeting and dude, it felt like they were just slicing me down. Everything that, that we did with Hoops of Christ, that we were kind of all over the place. And I think everyone goes through that. In the beginning, you're just trying to throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And I realized we were doing a lot of things, but we had no clear, clear defined path. I hadn't developed a philosophy yet. I hadn't developed a mission statement. I hadn't developed, you know, a true understanding of like where I was going to specialize in because that's how you really go the furthest in basketball and really anything is you specialize and you become world-class in a specific area. And even with us, we were kind of all over the place doing everything. So uh, that was a hard lesson. That was humbling. Um, but it was a lesson I needed to sit down and realize, okay, what do I want to do with it? You know, do I, do I want to go the NBA route one day? Do I want to stay local? Do I want to travel? And that really gave me clarity on, you know, the path that I was going to take uh, with Hoops of Christ because of that experience that I did. So, you know, that's something I realized that even if I didn't go the route, you know, one thing I would say to encourage basketball coaches and trainers out there, whether you view it or not, basketball is a ministry. Basketball is less about the X's and O's and more about those relationships you make with those players, those families. Um, my high school coach is a great example of that. Uh, shout out Larry Kinley and at PRP High School. Uh, the year before I went overseas, I came back from college and I coached with him for a year. So I played for him and the coaching staff, Coach Riri, Coach Baxter, Coach E. And then I traded in the jersey for a collar and I became an assistant coach. And then Man, it was completely different than I thought. I, I was thinking I was going to be coaching on the court training. And I did that a little bit, but really what it turned into was you were in these kids' lives. Like, you were doing stuff for them, and you were an extension of a father. You were a father figure. You're making an impact. You're, a lot of times, the one there in their time of need. Like, man, wiping their tears, feeding them, taking care of them, pouring into them and you're not getting paid for it. You're certainly not getting paid for the amount of hours and time you're putting into it. And it truly is a ministry. I learned that from my coach. And so whether you decide to be intentional about basketball as a ministry or not, it is your ministry. It's your way of making an impact. Uh, the final thing I will say is I was uh, meeting with my mentor, Pastor Brian Crawford, 
and I had actually considered going back to seminary. I was going to go back to seminary, uh, give get my master's or MDiv degree, and he encouraged me not to. Okay, now listen, disclaimer, this is just for me. This is not advice to anyone else. This is what worked for me. So I had a meeting, had a coffee with him, and I told him I'm thinking about going back to seminary. And he asked me why. And basically he was saying, do you feel like you need this degree or this piece of paper to prove something? Because if you do, I don't think you should go. He said, this is why. One, I know you've already studied. Like, I know you're in the Word. I know you read books. You study commentaries, theology, uh, listen to sermons. I know you do that already on your own, so you're going to be a student. You don't need a, a school and pay tuition to keep you accountable in that way. And two, he says, I have mentored hundreds of young men that went through seminary. And he said a lot of them stay in the seminary because it's a bubble. And it's a way to protect themselves from actually getting out there and finding their calling. He says, I've seen many times, Phil, people go to school to find what you already have. You found your calling. They go to school and get degree after degree, and they stay in this bubble because it's safe, it's protected, everyone agrees with them, everyone's like-minded. And he says, you're actually out there on the street talking to people that disagree with you, people that don't believe in the Lord, people from different religions and backgrounds. You're in the gyms meeting with people that don't go to church and have no plans of going to church. You're actually bringing the gospel and sowing a seed into that soil, and you're going to get in places that a pastor can't get into, that an evangelist can't get into. So don't feel like you need to be, go get a degree when you already have a calling God's using you. And I walked away from that meeting um, deciding to stay on the course of basketball ministry. And who knows, maybe I'll go back to seminary one day. Uh, that's definitely something I've been detained a couple times. But that is the reason why I started a sports ministry, because I saw the gap. I saw I can make an impact through basketball. This is my passion. This is what I've spent my life doing and I'm knowledgeable in, and so it would open up doors that I couldn't get into any other way. And by extension, this last year with my guy Ryan, we ran two conferences, but I started the Committed to the Gospel Conference. And I have told a lot of people this, but I ran and committed to the Craft Coaches and Trainers Conference because I knew that was going to be a big event. I mean, we had Phil Handy, Gannett Baker, Roth Boder, a lot of other great trainers flying in from all over the world, different countries. That was a big event, but I was going to use that platform and that momentum, just like I did basketball, to launch the second conference, which is what I feel like my calling and my passion is, and that's committed to the gospel. That was a sports ministry conference where not just people from basketball, but, you know, you guys know if you follow me on social media, my handle is the basketball missionary. So I always say I'm a basketball missionary. I'm not the basketball missionary. My goal is, you know, you attract who you are. So I wanted to provide free content, provide resources to encourage those people because this is what I realized through social media. I had missionaries from other countries, third world countries, that do this for free as an outreach to reach a village or reach, to reach a community. 
And so, you know, the Lord put it on the heart to, man, those are the people you need to encourage and inspire. So if you're out there using your sport to make an impact, using your sport uh, to share the gospel, man, I'm running the race with you. You know, this is why I started this podcast and this is why I do the conferences is so that we can connect. And as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. So that's the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. I love the feedback and uh, continue to write me and share this. Last thing I'll ask is please subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. I'd really appreciate it. God bless.